You're listening to the Pre-Snap Podcast, where fantasy football experts Joe Pizzapia and Chris Meany give you the DFS tools to help you lock it in and win on DraftKings and FanDuel. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joey P, Joe Pizzapia, and welcome to the Pre-Snap right here on the Line Star app. It is me, it is Chris Meany. And we're talking DFS and strategies. It's been a great couple of weeks here. Me and Meany since uh, Thanksgiving. We've had a lot to be thankful for. We're heading into the Christmas season. And we want to give you all some extra spending money so you can blow it all on Amazon things, on those sequin pillows that, you know, have faces hidden underneath. Or uh, I don't know, one of the, what is the hot gift this year you see Chris going around? Uh, I could use a secret pillow. I mean, you want you sounds, want those pillows? If, if, if sounds you had, amazing. You know, my kids are into that. Like you know that you, anything sequency now they're into, right? So so they have this thing. Oh, where, it's a sequence pillow. Okay. Sequence. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you know they have one. I bought it for Christmas. They don't know yet, but it's you could put their picture on underneath it. So I, I when you like brush okay. it one way, all of a sudden it reveals a picture. So what fantasy player would you put under there for the year? Who's who's that guy? Who's that guy that was hidden all year that just came out? Is it Derrick Henry? <laughs> it might be Derrick Henry. If you, uh, if you two did last night, Thursday night, yes, Derrick Henry, the, the monster performance, had more yards on one run than he had in any other game uh, all season long. So that well, on our All in Sports podcast, you and I, over on Patreon this morning, we pointed out, too, that every time he's carried the ball 15 times or more this year, they've won. It's a great stat. Yeah, so, it's, it's a phenomenal stat. Give, feed him. No. Give him the ball. He's a beast. That run was awesome. Was I just good. I don't understand why why not why not do it? What you're right yeah. there, yeah. do it. Uh, but it, alas, here we are. It's a full slate week fourteen. Uh, obviously, some games uh, where a lot of players are missing. We've had a lot of injuries this week. Emmanuel Sanders is out this week. Uh, he's done for the year. Uh, you look through the rest of it too. Obviously, um, you know Kareem Hunt is done <laughs> this year. We have you know, we didn't get to talk about that much last week because it happened on the weekend. Right. right after the show, pretty much like a couple hours after the show. But you, you've got a lot of players missing. You've got a lot of guys hurt. You know, you've got Andy Dalton out. You've got uh, situations where new people are in there. Melvin Gordon, probably not going to play as of right now. I think that's still, a, you know, be a long shot to say the least. But when you're looking across this, I mean, it really, we're starting to get into the dog days of the NFL season here in daily where there's opportunity because what it means is when these guys are out, guys like Cortland Sutton, uh, guys like Justin Jackson, who we've talked about on the show before, have a real opportunity here. Yeah, they really do. Yeah, you go across. This is the season, man. Where every year playing DFS football, you get into week 13, 14, 15. Your teams are checked out. Teams are hurt. You get, other guys are getting opportunities to step up. There's a lot of value. And, you know, I, I know in fantasy that the term stars and scrubs gets tossed out there. And this is going to be an example of one of those weeks. And, you know, no James Conner, you know, no Melvin Gordon you mentioned. Carry on Johnson remains sidelined. Matt Burita's, you know, already ruled out. So, you know, there's some some big time running backs who are sidelined and some guys who are going to get an opportunity this week and for the weeks to come that are just underpriced right now. And and you, same thing over across the board on wide receivers. You know, you mentioned Sutton with no Emmanuel Sanders. AJ Green is obviously out. Deshaun Jackson looks like he's not going to play in this football game. Keep an eye on what's going on in San Francisco because Dante Pettis, I think, is somebody we just kind of glossed over. We mentioned him, but, you know, with no Pierre Garçon, no Marquise Goodwin over the past couple of weeks, Pettis has, has turned out to be a, a great player. And hopefully we can get some good calls like last week. I mean, we were, we, were, we mentioned Lindsey and Cohen. These guys finished as RB2 and RB3. 
they're very affordable, and I think they're in good spots again this week. Well, I guess we won't be able to mention Cohen the Sunday night game, but Philip Lindsay is in another good spot and just, you know, maybe he gets a few more looks in the passing game with no Emmanuel Sanders. Right. And this is the second week in a row where we don't get Gurley, right? Too. Yeah. So, so so this is, I mean, cash games change significantly without Todd Gurley in there. So really it becomes a little bit more wide open. So obviously no golf, no Gurley, no woods, uh, no cooks for the Chicago side, no Trubisky, no Cohen, uh, no Robinson, Minnesota, Seattle. That's the Monday night game. So, um, you know, like there's been some stuff you can use as lineup builders in Seattle, whether it's guys like Tyler Lockett, who's been incredibly consistent this year, whether it's upside guys like David Moore have been cheap. And in Minnesota too, you're taking Thielen out, who's been the oh, most yeah. consistent wide receiver. And um, look, man, those are significant pieces out of the puzzle, but there's still lots of puzzle to go. There's still lots of pieces for us to move in and out and uh, get you up to date. Plus a lot of injuries too. That's the thing to, I want to stress this enough. It's it's not even the guys that are out. It's the guys that are playing through injuries, whether it be guys like Eric Ebron's got an illness. You got T.Y. Hilton, who's dealing with a shoulder issue, who hasn't been at practice in two days. Hopkins has got a foot thing. Julio's got a foot thing. Everybody's got a foot thing and not like oh, the Rex okay. Ryan foot thing. Not like the that kind of foot thing, just like a... You don't want that kind like of Like an injury. No, that's just, you know. Hey, man, to each his own. God bless him if that's what makes him happy. <laughs> you know, in a, in a world where we read so much about people doing terrible things and, and cheating on their wives and all these things, at least Rex Ryan is like, hey, I love my wife and her feet. You know, and her feet, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, that's right, whatever. You know, give him some about. credit there. That's, that's a good, that's a good thing. But we've got a lot to get to on the program, so uh, we're just getting started here. Chris Meany, Joe Pizzapia right here on the pre-snap. We're going to start breaking down week 14, all the lines, all the overs, all the unders, everything you need to know right after this. The pre-snap podcast is brought to you by LineStar. Transparent projections, simplified research, advanced signals, and top-rated apps. Dominate DFS. Download for free at LineStarApp.com. All right, so week 14, let's get at it and let's start with a game that, uh, look, I, I think there's a lot of questions here because Green Bay made a change. Mike McCarthy is gone. I don't know how much you want to read into this. Atlanta's going to go to Green Bay here. Now Atlanta hates to tackle everybody. We know that for sure. But the other thing to keep in mind is now, how does the game plan change, if at all? Sports Illustrated came out with an article that Aaron Rodgers was changing all the plays all the time, apparently. So I don't know how much you want to blame the terrible play calling on Mike McCarthy or you want to blame it on Aaron Rodgers or collectively both of them. But Chris, this game opened at Green Bay minus five and a half. Yeah, the over-under is 49 and a half. Now, I think there's opportunity to hit the over here in this one because I don't like either of these defenses. But in terms of the five and a half, I, I don't have a beat on where. I mean, they just lost to Arizona at home. Yeah, and exactly. Not that Atlanta's not- a good football team, but still, I mean, they've certainly got better pieces at least than Arizona has. Yes, and I'm not... Yeah, the defense is, I love the defense in Arizona. I think we were on that, you know, with Arizona keeping that game close. We were. Secondary. We, we did not like the over-under on that game last week at We didn't. All. And remember what I remember yeah. the exact phrase was, Devontae Adams and nobody else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> was right. But don't put them together. Don't put them with Aaron Rodgers. Just Devontae Adams, solo, solo Devontae. This is a spot for, you know, 
if you want to believe in narratives, I, I believe in this one just a little bit slightly that I think out of everything that Aaron Rodgers has already proven in his career, I actually feel like he has something to prove right away off the hop without even considering this team is is done. They're not going to make the playoffs. McCarthy's gone. You hear all this talk about whether he's changing plays or not. He's getting some of the blame. He should. Their assistant coach steps up. Other people should take responsibility. He's gone now. And, and for Aaron Rodgers, who hasn't thrown more than two passing touchdowns since week five, he's been held with what one touchdown last week one touchdown the week before held under 200 passing yards in two of his last four games and now a spot against Atlanta who has just been giving up yards to everybody can't tackle anyone can't stop anybody on the ground they rank near the bottom in every single category that you do not want to rank near the bottom in so this is a game for Aaron Rodgers to kind of prove that hey, he still has a little bit of something but I'm not rolling him out there in cash I'm not, I don't have the confidence or the faith in, in Aaron Rodgers and his team to just be able to turn it around just because Atlanta's coming into to Lambeau and, and that defense. So I'm not sold on them covering. I like the over. I think there'll be some points scored in this game, but uh, Aaron Rodgers is not my favorite cash quarterback. That's for sure. No, Julio doing with a foot injury too, because a little bit of wrinkle in this game as well. It, Atlanta's inability to run the football is a problem. problem. Uh, and Aaron Jones, you hope gets back. Now I don't want Jamal Williams showing up here and starting to ruin my Aaron Jones second half because I've been very much team Aaron Jones since August. I'm yes. very much on that bandwagon. Still. I, I really hope that Philbin can get that train going again. Cause last week was disappointing. That's to say the least. Yeah, of course. I mean, he was, he's trending up. I'm in the same camp as you, Aaron Jones, like he just continued to get on the ball and you know, the catches out of the backfield. And then last week was just, I think that was, that was all part of it too. Like, you know, everybody, outside of Green Bay and in Green Bay is calling for Aaron Jones. And then we see Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. The snap count is basically identical between the two. Jones hardly touches the field in the second mm-hmm. half, saves his day with a touchdown. But I think we'll see a lot of Aaron Jones. I think we'll see it early and often. And that's why I'm kind of shying away from a guy like Aaron Rodgers. Like Devontae Adams is fine. He's a stud. Play him. He's, yeah, he's fine. Like You could play Adams, but I'll, I, I'll, yeah. I'm going back into the Aaron Jones well again this week. 100%. Same. Me too. The yeah. price is right. Uh, on both big sites, I think you go back into the Aaron Jones well without a doubt. And I think what you do is you you take the over, and I think that you try to avoid the spread because I have no idea what the outcome of this game is. Because I don't have faith that, that Green Bay has enough self-respect for themselves and that team hasn't basically folded up the tent. I really don't. So I mean, the narrative would be, yeah, they fire the coach, everybody kind of rallies and and has some respect at home and the crowd's pumped up. But you know what? I don't know. I just don't know if they're good enough to do that. All right. Baltimore at Kansas city. This is another tricky one. Kansas city's favored by six and a half. This number has gone down to this number has shrunk <laughs> over days. Yeah, I think it was and open up at seven and a half. I think it was seven and a half. And now it's down to six and a half and the over under is 53 right now. So Baltimore, we all know defensively can do a lot. All of a sudden Kansas city does not have the running game. They used to have Spencer Ware is not the answer to this question. I, I mean, could he have a great game? Sure. But I, I don't, Meh. I, uh, I'm not, not, yeah, I, I'm not buying in on it. No. And you've got a Kansas City team now that has had the. This is the first adversity they've had to deal with. They've stayed relatively healthy all year. Now without Kareem Hunt, it changes a lot of what they want to do on offense. And last week they struggled at the end too on defense, and they let the freaking Oakland Raiders get back to the game and freaking Jordy Nelson have a good game. That that to me is very telling. And I think if this, if you told me this was an upset where Baltimore went in there and won straight up, it would not shock me. I'd be no, surprised, but not shocked. 
I'm on Baltimore to to cover. I think this is going to be a tight game. And we mentioned this last week, too. And I've been all over this Chiefs because I got burned by them earlier in the year. And these big spreads that they have, and this one is not huge, but some of these teams that, they, that they've had, you know, big spreads against, not great teams that they haven't been able to cover, like earlier in the year against San Fran. Both games against Denver share divisional matchups. Last week, a divisional matchup, for, again, against Oakland, didn't cover. Arizona didn't cover. Now they're playing a really good defense in Baltimore. I've allowed the fewest yards. Really? Really good the second fewest yards, the third fewest rushing yards, the fewest and they're rushing the ball effectively. So they got right. Edwards running effectively, got Lamar Jackson running the ball. They're eating up clock for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And that's a bad thing for Kansas City because they want to have the football and they want to go score. And, you know, if they can take a series or two away from them just because of time of possession, that's huge. And I think that 53 becomes a real tough mark for them to hit. Exactly. Yeah, it's under because if you look at Kansas City and you see all the strengths from Baltimore and you look at Kansas City's defense, it's the opposite, right? This is a team that's allowing the most passing yards. They rank worst in football, according to Football Outsiders and Rush DVOA. They cannot stop the run. You saw last week, Martin and Richard combined for over 150 rushing yards against them. And those are teams, and you look at the past few weeks, those are teams who have had success running the football against Kansas City, but they've had to throw the football and get out of that game plan. Baltimore has one game plan. It is to run the football, and they want to run the football, and I think they'll continue to do that, have success, stick with the ground game, keep Kansas City off the field, rely on their defense, kick a few field goals like they do with Justin Tucker. So I think that Edwards is hes not a tournament play I'm thinking about, but he's still cheap. Over on FanDuel, he's just over 6,000. On DraftKings, he still checks in at under 5,000. He's been near the top 10. He's actually been in the top 10 three straight weeks now since he's taken over in terms of touches out of the backfield. So I think they'll continue to run the football. And if Kansas City has success, we'll finally see Lamar Jackson maybe throw it. Not confident in him in any any daily standpoint, but kind of shine away like from a, a lot of other players. It's kind of game. Like, yeah, you know, this it is, really this does. A grind. Six and a half. Uh, I'll, uh, you know, I'll take, I don't think Kansas City can cover, and I, and I certainly don't believe in the 53. <laughs> I, no, I don't either there. i don't either so i think that's a lot gonna be a true test for for the chiefs it really will be because baltimore is well no listen they better better watch their ass because last week was not good and no. if they lose this game and they you know it, it, they they're gonna they're gonna pittsburgh themselves <laughs> I'm yeah, they really the because pittsburgh had that game in tow they blew it in the second half and now the patriots went ahead of them now i know they play again and all that stuff but still Patriots have just jumped ahead, right? And yeah. now the Patriots control their own destiny where they have really one tough game on the schedule left and then they play the Jets and Dolphins a million times. Whereas now, if they lose this game, Kansas City, the tiebreaker goes to New England because they beat Kansas City in New England. Yeah. So you cannot, if you are the Chiefs, this is a huge game because you do not want to go back into an England January. That is not where you want to be. And Joe, week 15, they got the Chargers. And week 16, they got to go into Seattle. And so those are, I think, and I think Seattle's an L. I'm already yeah. putting it on there as an L for them. So that's, that's a really tough schedule for, for them. And, and, and again, about Mahomes, this one final note before we move on, because it is a tough play. He's, he's, he's obviously the most expensive quarterback. Um, you know, yeah, this week is too expensive to play against Baltimore. It's really tough. But as if you needed another reason, you know, to get more excited about Mahomes is, you know, you mentioned their struggles to run the football, Kareem Hunt and Spencer Ware. You know, last week, Mahomes had a career-high nine uh, rushing attempts and 52 yards. So oh, he's terrific. He, he's just going to add another element to his game. He's going to run it. Because we really hadn't seen that from him. It was well, couple, right. He's incredibly runs, athletic. He can do it. And he You're can right. do it. He can do it. And I just don't know if you want him to do it against Baltimore because somebody no. on that Baltimore defense is going to put him on his ass. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's the last thing if you're Kansas City you need. 
It's one thing to do it against the Oakland Raiders because they're soft. Baltimore, yeah. you can say a lot of things about him. Soft is not one of them. No, All right, not. Carolina. This line continues to shrink. Oh, I love it. It's so delicious. Carolina's favored by one and a half at Cleveland. The over-under is 47 on this one. And I've been I've been the Carolina Panthers whisper all year <laughs> i've been saying how they're soft i've been calling every upset i've been right about every single one of them on this losing streak and guess what i'm gonna do it again oh i'm oh, gonna yeah. do it again they're gonna lose in cleveland because cleveland is disappointed in themselves they had the letdown game i think cleveland bounces back here they're at home carolina cannot finish cleveland's another one of these chippy teams that yeah they they just they refuse to go away sometimes and I think at home they could do enough. I think Chubb is back and ready to go. And Carolina's gonna it's gonna be McCaffrey and Chubb in this battle to the death. And I just feel like somehow Cleveland's gonna find a way to pull this one out. Yeah, because overall I just like their defense, their, their defense better. And I think they just have some guys in their team that can make some plays. And I'm with you, man. I'm not in on Carolina. It's High scoring straight. game though, right? I think it goes I think over this is an underrated fantasy game to attack. I, yeah. I do. I think a lot of a lot of people are gonna go elsewhere, look at some other games. I think this is one that's like could, a thirty one thirty kind of last yeah, field goal kind of thing. Yeah, I see this definitely creeping over the number. And I think there's some players on both sides. Uh, you know, I like both backs. So Chubb should be able to bounce back. He's been a guy that's getting all the touches, all the red zone looks. Uh, Landry, you know, showed up recently. I think he could have a game. DJ Moore, I think Curtis Samuel is going to get more involved with Greg Olson's sideline. And Devin Funch is really not being a factor of late getting on the football field. I had a touchdown last week, but he just yeah. came in. on that. 47 is a joke number for this. It's, it's yeah, high around the board. You can even think about Callaway if you want. Um, yeah, yeah Callaway, he's been quietly good. Yeah, he has. So he could be he could be maybe a sneaky little play and uh, a cash saver for you as well. So uh, I'm on board with Cleveland at home. Like them. Carolina trending in the wrong direction. And their defense has just not been good. No. And and the turning the ball over is not helping either. I mean, the four picks last week for Cam Cam's was, shoulder, too. Yeah, Cam's not 100%. That? I I'm telling you right now, you I don't I'm not sure remember what this opened if it's opened at 3 or whatever it opened at, but it's it's a one and a half now. <laughs> I feel yeah, like it's, it's going to be a pick 'em by Sunday. <laughs> I feel like it's been back and forth. I think it opened Carolina one and a half. I saw it creep to a close to a pick 'em and yeah, I'd be I wouldn't be surprised if it was a pick 'em Sunday morning. All right, Indianapolis goes into Houston after getting shut out by Jacksonville last week. So, obviously some much needed retribution. I know T.Y. Hilton's dealing with a shoulder, but last time Andrew Luck uh, faced the Houston Texans, he had a pretty, pretty good game, I would say. So uh, I would look for him to bounce back here, uh, regardless of who's available or not. You want T.Y. on the field? We'll see what happens on Friday if he practices. I don't know. We shall see. Uh, Houston's favored in this one by four and a half, which I understand. Houston's had a much more balanced attack. So this is a different Houston team. They are more balanced in terms of run and pass. I know Hopkins was dealing with a little bit of a foot issue too, but he seems to be okay. I think they're just kind of managing it. The over-under is 49 and a half. Uh, I still think this one can go over. This is another one where I think this one has opportunity to have some points put up in this one. Yeah, I would agree with you there too. I think this is a, another underrated game. Yeah, you mentioned Luck had that good game earlier in the season against Houston. 464 passing yards and four touchdowns. Yeah, I'd say he had a pretty good game. He threw the ball 62 times in that contest. Now, there was early in the year when we were, they were dealing with some injuries with Marlon Mack, but you can't run the ball in Houston. So I wouldn't be shocked if Andrew Luck, again, had about 50 passing attempts, 40 to 50 in this football game. T.Y. Hilton's a player. I think Deshaun Watson is, he's been kind of disappointing over the past few weeks, but you look at some of the matchups, Cleveland, Tennessee, Denver, Jacksonville, those are some tough spots for him. 
Uh, I think he can get back on board here with the game against the Colts earlier in the year. He had almost 400 passing yards against him. So I think Hopkins, Watson, T.Y., Luck, Ebron, of course, uh, is a player in this game as well. Uh, Ebron, in, in six games with Doyle, this guy's averaging three targets, three catches. In six games without Doyle, yeah. he's averaging 11 targets. He's dealing with some sort of illness, too. I don't know what he's got. I don't know yeah, what he's got. A lot of them actually are, Joe. Keep an eye on them. It's a good call by you to bring that up. I, I saw the injury report on Thursday. Yeah. It's like a good dozen Colts on this on you know sitting out practice. So keep an eye on them because yeah. so hopefully by the time they gets to Saturday Sunday everyone's uh, everyone's feeling better and everything. So you know we'll see how that goes. But um, just something to keep an eye on. If Ty's out too, I think that's even more Ebron. I think Ebron could easily get double digit targets. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that's almost a lock, even especially with if Hilton should not be able to go, that yeah, would be right on there too. Less. All right, now let's. This is a this is a trap game coming up next. Okay. This is New England Patriots minus seven and a half at Miami. The over-under is 47. And I'm saying this is a trap because historically Tom Brady does not play well in the hot weather. He is not a hot weather quarterback. He never has been. It's going to be 82 degrees and 75% humidity on Sunday. And people always want to talk about weather. And they want to talk about weather. And they want to talk about rain. And they want to talk about wind and all that crap. But really, it's heat that is the under-discussed thing when it comes to weather. And Tom Brady, I'm telling you, nobody's watched more Tom Brady than me. He's not good in the heat. <laughs> he has, go, go back and look at some of the earlier games too in Jacksonville this year, how bad he was in that game when it was, I think it was 80 something degrees in that game as well. So it is not a good scene for him. The seven and a half worries the hell out of me. The 47 number ugh, tenuous at best. I know Miami's a bad football team. I think new England will do enough on defense, great turnovers and, you know, Kenyon Drake's out of this game too. So a lot more Frank Gore. I think that, They'll come out of this with an ugly victory, but from a fantasy perspective, and especially daily, even with Gronk's price being so suppressed, I can't get hyped up at all about New England this week. And and that's coming right from the guy who watches it's coming nonstop. From me, so the goat. Yeah, that's, the that's goat pretty. <laughs> I'm, I'm, that's some pretty good advice. I'm always in your corner. Usually, for the most part, I will be with the uh, New England um, advice there for sure. And you know what, Gronk, you're right. This is the cheapest he's ever been on DraftKings. On DraftKings, I can understand it's so year. cheap. You throw it out in your hope for a touchdown. I get it. Forty eight hundred bucks. My goodness. But What's I'm, I'm compared to Ebron though. So you go look See, at the tight end. It's like a. Two or three hundred dollar oh, difference. He's eleven hundred more on Ebron. Ebron is fifty-seven hundred dollars. Yeah, I mean, you go to Kelsey sixty-seven or sixty-four. Ebron fifty-seven. You got Kittle fifty-five. Cook coming off the monster game fifty-two, and then Gronk forty-eight. And you go look at the Vandals side. I mean, Kelsey again eight. Ert seven four. Kittle six six. Reed six four. Ebron six four. Cook six three. So kind of the same order of guys. And then Gronk checks in at six two. Uh, I'm with you though. I, this is a team that is running the football though. You know it. Over the last four games, they got four passing touchdowns and eight rushing touchdowns. And the way to attack Miami really has been on the ground. They've given up the third most rushing yards on the season. You know they're in the middle of the pack in passing yards, but they've allowed the fourth most yards overall. That's because of how much they've allowed on the ground. So, you know, Burke had had a lot more play than I thought last week, but I still feel confident about Michelle. And I think James White is interesting, but this is kind of a game. This is a game, Joe, I'll stay away from. I agree with you. I think it'll probably come under the number. It'll be a grind. I see like a 24-20, maybe a, maybe a 24-17 kind of game. Um, not a lot of points for New England, I don't think. Yeah, I'm, it's it's a it's a trap. I'm telling you right now, yeah. it's a giant trap. All right, let's That's go to one. Last year, right? He struggled last year in Miami, too. He struggles every year in Miami in December. Yeah, it's because of the heat. He never plays well. And, and it's something I, I, I didn't think about in the Jacksonville game. 
And then I realized, oh, because I'm so used to always going, oh, every time I go to Miami, I hold my breath. And I didn't think about it in Jacksonville. I'm like, oh, my God, why didn't I, I think, think about that it? was the hottest game ever. I, I it think was something I like that. And he doesn't and double he check, never, but-, but it's not even there. There's been some other spots, too, where like Southern California games once in a while where it's hot and he just, you know, it's not his thing. He's a Michigan quarterback. And it's funny because he's from San Francisco, which isn't the hottest place. But, you know, you think this was like a kid who grew up in Green Bay, Wisconsin. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> yeah, Patriots, Jaguars, it was uh, the hottest game in 15 years. So Yeah. And like, 107 80, degrees with the heat. Yeah, and- 82 degrees, kids, on Sunday. That's, yeah. That ain't good. All right. So fade, fade, fade away. All right. Let's do one more before the break here. Let's go to New Orleans at Tampa. Uh, minus eight here. New Orleans is favored, which is obvious. I mean, they, they really should <laughs> look last week. It's over. It's in the books. They've got a lot of time to prepare and get angry about this one. And New Orleans did a bad job too. They open. It's like nobody here wants to win this thing. <laughs> I feel like everybody wants to say, "No, you know what? Let's keep it close." Nobody wants to say, "No, we're gonna put our, we're gonna plant the flag and we're the team to beat." Because everybody keeps having these weird hiccup losses at the end of the season. It's it's stunning, Chris. New Orleans had one. Uh, Pittsburgh had one. I feel like Chicago had one as well against the Giants last yeah, week. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. And this is the thing: Kansas City almost had one. They really people, these teams are watch their rears, man. It, it's you, you got you can't be finishing weak. What's going on? The Cowboys are finishing strong. And, and, finishing and this weak. is why everyone hates the Patriots because what do the Patriots do every year? Yeah, they finish. They finish strong. strong. They control yeah. their destiny. They make you play two games in New England, and then people say, "Well, why do they go to the Super Bowl every year?" Well, it's because they have a bye week and two games in New England in January. We're Listen. snowing and it's eight degrees and people are not. And that crowd is wild. That, that is a, outside a home field advantage in New Orleans. I don't know if there's a better one than New England. There really. isn't. There isn't. You got the cold weather and the history and, and just the, the ghosts factors. The, the ghosts of, of it's the real. rule. It's, <laughs> the intimidation factor. It, it really is real. And listen, this isn't, I understand that the saints last time we saw them play, they put up 10 points and they didn't look good. And it was drew Brees' arguably his worst game ever. It was the first time in his career. He started 04. I believe he had 39 passing yards at half. Mm-hmm. So he's had a lot of time to prepare for this, but Tampa Bay has given them fits over the years. They have. They and that was two. the point I was going to make. I love the 55 and a half is a, is I think you could go over this number. Yeah. It's, it's a high number, but I, I think you can as well. Remember week one, they beat new Orleans in new Orleans, 48 to 40. They've won their last two football games at home against the saints. They beat them last year, 16 to 11. They beat them the year before that 31, 24. This is a team that's had some success against the saints. I'm not saying that they're going to be able to win this game. I do believe that new Orleans will win this football game, but I'm not completely sold on them covering the spread. It opened up at eight and a half. I believe it's at nine. I'm not, I'm honestly not completely sold on that. I think Jameis Winston can do enough in this offense to, to keep it close. And then he's got some weapons as well. And again, they've had some success. You've got a great stat on Humphreys too, that you shared with me before the show. So yeah, some Humphreys knowledge. Yeah, I mean, we got some Humphreys knowledge. Uh, this is this is a player who's actually been pretty good lately. He, nobody has more touchdowns than him since week nine in, in the NFL. And he has the most catches on his team over that span with, with 26. So Adam Humphreys has been consistent. And even just touchdowns aside, I know they're hard to predict, but he's topped 53 yards in six straight games. And, and I feel like this is going to be a shootout. And for Chris Godwin, Sean Jackson is likely out. He didn't play last week. Godwin had a game and a touchdown. You go back to the last couple of years, there's been three games where Jackson's been sidelined and two of the games towards the end of last season, Godwin really came on. And that's kind of why I was really excited about Godwin this year. And I will be next year. Cause I think they'll move on from Jackson 
is in those three games, he's averaging 98 yards, got a touchdown in two of them, topped 100 yards in two of the three, had 90 in the other one. So I think both of these guys are players this weekend. Yeah, and look, Alvin Kamara, too, I mean, the last couple of weeks, underwhelming is the best. Right. So, I mean, you, you, you've got an opportunity here where a price is suppressed. You could, if you're doing multiple lineups, you could sort of get into that Alvin Kamara, well, let's play the bounce back because ownership might be down. But another guy, too, in the last two weeks, especially, Michael Thomas has been underwhelming as well. Very and it's a great high. opportunity against a, a, a bad pass defense, for sure, where, you know, Michael Thomas has not eaten lately. And I think he's hungry. And I think that's another one you... You almost kind of, you go in with a Saints lineup <laughs> and then I think that you leave that alone. I don't know if you want to bring it with you to other lineups. <laughs> Does that make right. sense? No, absolutely. Yeah, for, for Thomas, five or fewer catches, three straight games. And you know how many catches he had week one? 16 against Tampa Bay. I know they were playing from behind, but that was a matchup they exploited. 17 targets, 16 grabs, 180 yards and a touchdown for Michael Thomas earlier in the year against the Bucs. I, I think it's, it's, it's crazy to think about, but I think this is an underrated, you know, stack because of, of what happened. It's so much recency bias when it, when it comes to, you know, EFS. I think the Saints yeah. are strong this week. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I agree with you. All right, we're going to hit a break. When we come back, we've got some more games to do, including... Uh, one game that uh, might have one of the sneaky defensive plays who are at home this week. You're not going to want to mo- miss this one. You're listening to the pre-snap right here on the Line Star app with Joe and Chris. We'll be right back after this. The pre-snap podcast is brought to you by Line Star. Transparent projections, simplified research, advanced signals, and top-rated apps. Dominate DFS. Download for free at LineStarApp.com. All right, so let's start with the Giants at Washington here. And uh, it's minus three and a half uh, for the Washington, excuse me, for the Giants right now. Giants are favored in this one. Uh, obviously, Washington keeps losing quarterbacks to broken legs. It's a bad trend. Over-under is 41. We know that Saquon was dealing with a shoulder issue. He says he's okay. Everyone says they're okay this time of year, but it doesn't mean they are. So there's a little bit of pause there. So this one just kind of reeks of ugly. I feel like this is, this is definitely an ugly, <laughs> ugly game here. And yeah. especially if this was in New York, I would be more bullish on the Giants. But on the road, I don't know, Chris. I mean, this this one reeks of like 17-13, just kind of a game you just don't want to watch. Yeah, no, it's there's not a lot to Let's be put excited. it this way. I like the under at 41. <laughs> yeah, I like the under too. You know, I would consider the Giants in, in some spots just because of Mark Sanchez. Uh, I think the defense can do enough to keep Washington in the game, but we saw last week and he, he had that interception when he came in and that kind of, uh, that turned the game, you know, around in Philadelphia when it was just all them the rest of the way. So when you're down to, you know, your third string wide receivers and tackles the offensive line is in shambles there's so many holes defensively and offensively for Washington right now and even on the other side of the football with the Giants so this is not a game that I that I like and for AP too like you think that maybe he'd be able to take advantage of the Giants I think week 80 had 149 149 yards on 26 carries but you look at AP in the six games that he's won that they're winning. He's averaging 21 carries in the six games that they've lost. He's averaged 10 carries. I, I feel like the only guy that I like on that Washington side is Chris Thompson. I, th- I think there'll be a, a bunch of check downs uh, to Thompson and you just, for the giants. You just got to bottle up AP. That's it. Yeah. Uh, I would agree with that. I think you, you can't let old man AP go run 90 yards on you. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. Yeah. The 90 yard run, he ends up with 98. Yeah. Like he's not doing anything really. Yeah, it's just it's bad news. You, you don't want that to happen at all. Uh, so just the bottle him and everything else is easy. 
Yeah, Mark Sanchez is uh, a <laughs> boy. <laughs> it's a uh, poor Washington Redskins fans. You know, it's, it's tough, man. It really is. They've had yeah. so many. Gruden's done such a good job with that team over the past couple of years because they've had so many injuries. I think they had yeah. over 25 different combinations on the offensive line last year, and it's been the same thing this year. Well, I hated the Alex Smith move. Really, I didn't that, like it either. And then he breaks terrible his move. Talk about buying. Ball. That was like the worst fantasy trade ever, buying high on Alex Smith after that glorious season, thinking that he's going to be a difference maker. And it's just it's stupid, especially in a year with all those quarterbacks in the draft. Move up some draft capital. Go take one of the young kids. Turn it over. And remarkable, I heard yesterday that Colt McCoy and Alex Smith are in the same room having like a similar, you know, operation on their leg. I wonder, you know, I haven't brought this up yet. If Kirk Cousins was quarterback there, do you think they'd be running away with the East this year? No, I don't. Okay. Um, I defense has played well. But I mean, the East still, sucked this year. It has. <laughs> Especially it in has the first half uh, of the year. I feel like they'd have a very, very similar record. I think, again, That's Alex fair. Smith has done enough to to win them some games, but. They just don't have a lot offensively, right? They lose, they lose no. guys at the start of the season. Doxon has no, that been was a huge very overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah, they haven't been able to have success, you know, moving the football offensively. Defense has played well, but the offense is not good enough. All Even right, this next good. game has got the defense that I think everybody should be all over. Buffalo is hosting the Jets here, minus three and a half. The over-under is 38 and a half. Uh, we could talk about that in a second, but I, I like Buffalo in this game. Allen's got 100 yards rushing average the last two games. I think that they've got a little spark here. That defense is very physical. They are a very physical defense, and the Jets are a turnover machine. I love this Buffalo defense this week. They are priced right in the middle where everybody's going to be up in the higher teams like the Chargers and stuff. But I think Buffalo this week against the Jets, I think they hold the Jets to a low total. I think there's turnovers in there, maybe even a defensive score or two. I think there's a lot of opportunity, and the price is right for Buffalo. What say you, Chris Meany? I agree, hundred percent, man. So uh, we've, we've turned. We've the been talking about the Bills' defense for a long time now. Very solid. We have. Yeah, we have. They're, they're, they're good. They're good. They just they're had good. zero offense, and it puts them in bad. It's kind of like, you know, last year when you'd watch the uh, the Cleveland Browns and Deshaun Kaiser kept, you know, just basically handing the ball to the other team in terrible field position, and there was nothing they could do. It killed their rankings because where their field position was constantly, they were on the field too much. Yeah, exactly. Second fewest yards allowed, fewest passing yards allowed. Darnold's expected to start. Hasn't played in three games. Still leads the Sammy league. Sammy turnover. That's his new. Uh, I'm gonna call him yeah. Sammy turnover. Still leads the league. You mentioned in interceptions, and for for Allen, I mean, this is somebody that you can roll out. Honestly, you mentioned the rushing yards. He's third overall in the NFL in rushing yards over the last two weeks. Third overall. That's including with running backs and in quarterback land uh, overall in the season. Third overall. So. He's running the ball a lot. He's got four fewer red zone rushing attempts than LaShawn McCoy. He's calling his own number. So I think he's a sneaky little play as somebody who can save you some cash. Yeah, I agree. Look, there's nothing else you like in this. I mean, Allen, Allen, you can stomach, but really it's Allen. It's the defense and then run the other way. Yeah, Run far, far away. All right. Cincinnati Bengals travel to the Chargers coming off a huge win. This is a huge number. <laughs> Minus 14 for the Chargers and this side. Uh, over under is 47 and a half, which is dangerous because then you need Cincinnati to kind of dance with you. And I don't know if they can here with the backup quarterback, uh, Mixon's banged up greens out for the year. So look, I love the Chargers' opportunity. Defense has played better. Bose has made a big impact on the pass rush. No Gordon worries me, but Justin Jackson's the guy we talked about when everybody was talking about Eckler, we were talking about Jackson. Guess what? We nailed it, and I'm going back to that well again. I think it's a great opportunity, a great game for Cincinnati, for uh, for him against Cincinnati again, Chris. 
Oh, I love Jackson this week. And and $4,500 on FanDuel. He's $3,800 on DraftKings. If you're talking about, we'll get into some of them in a little bit, but you're talking about the, the hot waiver wire pickups of the week over the past couple of weeks and Jalen Samuels and Jeff Wilson Jr. And Justin Jackson is one that I think will go under the radar just a little bit. Like none of these guys are going to sneak up on you in DFS. You're not going to get them with a low ownership, but Jackson probably the lowest of the bunch. And talking about the biggest home favorite of the week, 14 points, as you mentioned, Probably going to lean a little bit on Justin Jackson. Austin Eckler had a bunch of carries in the first half last week, and Jackson was getting no play. Eckler is more suited for that Danny Woodhead-like role, that third-down role. He's just better in that situation. You look earlier in the year when Melvin Gordon didn't play. There was a game in London. He didn't have a lot of success on the ground as well. And they went to Jackson in the second half. He looked good. He had an 18-yard strike. He caught his own target, 63 yards on the ground. I think they lean on him in a little bit this week, especially in the second half. Why not lean on him? Because you're going to cruise in this game against right. the Bengals. They're checked out. They're brutal defensively. Right. And, and, Jackson's and if, strong right. play. if you believe Gordon is going to come back at the end of the year for the playoffs, then you lean on Jackson 100%. You don't take any risks with anybody else getting hurt because, you know, that puts you in a bad spot. But for, I'm not usually one that I love when I see 14 but I think they can cover the 14 this week. I, just I think, think they can. Terrible too. spot for Cincinnati. Yeah, it, it really is. And all the, I mean, the most yards, the second most passing yards, the most rushing yards, the most points, the most fantasy points to backs and quarterbacks. Like, it's just, it's brutal, man. 16 rushing touchdowns allowed, 26 passing touchdowns allowed. So, yeah. the Chargers should be able to have their way. They should be able, it, they should be a lot. I don't like the 47 and a half. Guys. The, the, I, I, the over, I, yeah, it's tough, man. I don't know if they can keep up. That's the thing. I don't know yeah. if they could do enough with what the pieces they have remaining and on the road. I'll take the 14, the 47 and a half. You can have it. I'm not going yeah, to stay away from. All right. Denver, another team that's got some uh, issues going on right now. They lose Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, so they're favored five and a half at San Francisco. The over under for this one is 44 and a half. You know, looking for this one, obviously Cortland Sutton is the guy to talk about. It's whether or not that volume goes to him. And I think it will. And I think he can take care of it. And you also mentioned uh, Mr. Wilson Jr. is now in the mix. So uh, how does he account? And do you like, if you had to pick one, is it, is it uh, the boy in San Francisco or is it the boy in, in uh, for the Chargers that you like more in terms of like yeah. a low cost guy? I think, I think I like, I think I like Jackson slightly more, but uh, he's probably a little bit more riskier. More, I, I go for the touchdown upside of Jackson. Yeah, I mean, that high total, that's the end of the day. When I'm splitting hairs between two of these guys, the, the Chargers have the second highest team implied total of the week at 31 and a half. Matchups better, so, too. He's at home. Oh, they're both at home, yeah. I should say. Sorry. Yeah, but for, for Jeff Wilson Jr., there's a there's an approach you can take. We mentioned off the top of the show with Stars and Scrub. Like, you can roll out these guys and have some top-tier wide receivers in your lineup this week. That's a strategy that I'll take. You can be contrarian and go the other way and spend up at running back. You can do a little bit of both. But for, for Jeff Wilson Jr., 134 total yards, 61 on the ground, 15 carries last week. That was with Brita in the lineup. He left early in the third, already ruled out of this game. Morris has been inactive for a couple weeks, probably get back on the field a little bit. But the biggest thing for me, Joe, is for Wilson, nine targets, eight catches last week. Morris is not going to be involved in the past game like that. There's no way. So for Wilson, I think he's going to get some carries. He's going to stay down in some third down situations. And mentioned earlier, some of the hole San Francisco has with some of their wide receivers. I don't know if Garcon or Goodwin are going to be able to get back on the field this week. And if they don't, that just means a few more targets and a few more looks for, for Jeff Wilson Jr. And it's not an awful spot. Denver struggled against some running backs this year. Yeah. Well, so, good news on the Denver side. Sutton's still relatively inexpensive. By the way, we also over Lindsay last week, one of our favorite running backs. He had himself a day with two touchdowns like last week. Like 
again. Yeah, I like him again too. Lindsay's another guy I think you can plug in there and, and be very pleased with. So we keep rolling with these guys. You know, the you know, some of these guys in the FanDuel side have been in the seven K range, have been very cost effective, good returns, good investment, very low risk. And I think that's been a, a key for the success this year that we've had here on the show. All right, let's go talk about Pittsburgh. They're going to Oakland. They are favored by 10 and a half in this one. The over-under is 51 and a half. Actually, I think this number is, is fascinating because it depends on what you think the Oakland offense can do. How, how, how embarrassed is Pittsburgh? How much self-respect do they have for themselves? How much do they go out there? Or do they put a hurting on Oakland? Or are they just the inconsistent Steelers and they a team that are just maybe not as good as people think they are? And does this become a problem for them with both of these numbers? Yeah, it's this is a tough one to figure out. I always, I've been burned by the Steelers on the road so many times. I get trapped. I, I'll, I'll be honest. I get. Trapped I didn't even bring the, that up, <laughs> but yeah, you're right. That's another one to think about. Yeah, on the road. I mean, even this year too in Cleveland, they tied. They were favorites into Tampa Bay. They won by three points in Cincinnati this year. No divisional matchup. They won by a touchdown. They won by a touchdown on the road in Baltimore. And they struggled in Jacksonville, you know, the entire game and they squeak one out at the end and then they lose in Denver. This is a team that we know Big Ben splits home and away. And it's it's the same thing this year at home. Uh, he's averaging two. He, what, what, look at his averages here. 307 passing yards at home. He's got 16 touchdowns, four interceptions on the road. He's got 10 touchdowns and nine interceptions and a 65 completion percentage. So it's it's for real. It's, it's a long, big enough sample size. And I know Oakland is brutal defensively, but it's still not a great environment for a quarterback to go in and play and the no run game. They're probably not going to have a run game this week. I don't know how, how much success Steven Ridley can have. Jalen Samuel is a guy that's probably going to catch a few balls out of the backfield. I know Oakland is not great defensively at stopping the run, but I see this as a game where Ben's going to continue to, ch- I think he's going to chuck the ball 50 times. He's going to throw a ton. I like him as a tournament option, but I'm not, I can't, this is a game I'm going to stay away from. Honestly, I open up it as 11 and a half favorites. It's 10 now. I can't. I, yeah, I'm crazy. running away. No, I'm, I'm running away too. It was feel like they're going to cover. Ugh. I was part of me that was flirting with going up to the top to go Antonio Brown, and then I was like, well, I could save a little and go Michael Thomas instead. And I, I, I'm with you. It's it's a game where they've shown enough inconsistency for me in the last four six weeks, where I can't buy into it. I have no solace in it whatsoever. It's not that it's, it's nothing to do with Oakland. I don't like Oakland at all it's more just an indictment of the Steelers where another one where it sets up like, here's a good, easy opportunity for them. It should be a slam dunk. And I'm not confident. I'm not confident in, in anything. And I know they've been beat up. They played some good teams the last few weeks. They played teams that are hot too. That's always tough. And I don't I feel like they're reeling. And I feel like a lack of discipline over there is going to really show up here at the end of the season. It has. And I just don't want it, Pittsburgh could go out there and put up 45 on them. Yeah, this could be a 45 10 game and that would be not surprising in the least. But at the same time, it's not something that I want to go towards. I'm not putting money on it. I'm not DFSing. it. <laughs> I'm just not doing it at all. All right. Detroit has favored two and a half over Arizona, which is fascinating because Stafford's got an injury and Arizona's coming off a huge victory. I know they've jettisoned a lot of players. The number is 40 and a half in this one. This is another one to me has no fantasy oh. appeal. Chase Edmonds took two touchdowns away from David Johnson owners. They're pissed. There's nothing fantasy wise that you like in this game. I feel like this is just run the other way, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I like Arizona at home. I'm going to be on them straight up on the money line. Denver or Detroit is. I like that. I like Arizona. I agree. I think that's the one thing you take away. You're right. Yeah. 
is Detroit has shown me nothing. Like they stuck around a little bit against the Rams, but they overall, ever since the trade, you mean you lose Golden Tate and then you lose Marvin Jones and you lose Carryon Johnson and Kenny Galladay's not getting the attention. Now he's going to deal with Patrick Peterson. No, thanks. Arizona's defense. We mentioned it off the top. We've been mentioning it for two weeks. They're strong. They're a very strong unit. And at home coming off that win against Lambeau, you know that they're feeling pretty good about themselves. So I don't like anybody in this in, in DFS land. If you play a ton of lineups, you can think about DJ in tournaments because people will shy away because Edmonds, he still out-touched him, out-carried him 20-5. to five. But there is that risk, of course, that Edmonds is going to continue to get more involved down the stretch, maybe catch a few balls. Maybe he is going to get more goal line looks. But nothing in this game appeals me. I'm not appealed to anything besides give me Arizona on the money line. Yeah, that's fair. All right, Chris Meany's Philadelphia Eagles travel to Dallas in a must-win game. Dallas is favored by three and a half. Over-unders 43. Dallas handed them their lunch in Philadelphia a few weeks ago. Ezekiel Elliott had a hell of a game. I think this is a lot of Elliott again. I think they're going to go take it to him. Amari Cooper is there. And I think Philadelphia, unfortunately for them, I think this could be it. I think this is This is your playoffs right here. If you're yeah, the, this, you win this game and you're in the conversation, you lose it, and I think you're done. Yeah, this is everything. You know, and Dallas got some bulletin board material. Eagles talking smack. There's no reason for Why them would to they do that? To I don't I know, understand that. that the Cowboys choke every time this year. There's no reason. The Cowboys are rolling right now, and it's all because of Amari Cooper. It really is. It, honestly, Who would have thought? You know, 2018 statements you say at the beginning of the yeah. year. <laughs> Imagine the, statement the Dallas Cowboys. Ready? The Dallas Cowboys are rolling because of Amari Cooper. If I said yeah. that to you, you'd be like, why am I so confused by those words you just said? Yeah, and 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 it's so true. I mean, in this game against Philly earlier in the year, it was four weeks ago, six for 75, and that was the second game, I believe. Yeah, it was the second game with Dak Prescott, and they just missed on a couple throws. He could have had a bigger game, and now you go look, and 16 catches, 256 yards, his last two contests, and you mentioned Zeke now leads the league in touches and opportunities. He's 29 touches and 23 carries, at least that, in three straight football games. He's going to roll again in this contest against Philadelphia. And they're secondary. That's the biggest thing. The issues with Philadelphia's secondary, it's it's not good. They're down to their fifth, sixth corners. No, and that's uh, not good, too. Corner. Makes Cooper yeah. in, in play, for sure. Yeah, so Cooper's time. definitely in play. And, and you know, I, I think... I think you're right with Elliot. It's it's just a matter of what that number is. It's going to get 20 fantasy points. And now, if you're looking to pay up for a running back this week, is it a guy like McCaffrey, or is it who's been just on fire, or is it a guy like Elliot who's been very good as well? But maybe the matchup is uh, I don't know slightly better. I mean, this week paying up for the running back in cash games with no Gurley is a little trickier. It is. I think on the Fanduel side, where McCaffrey is $300 more than Elliot, I would go McCaffrey. Uh, but over on DraftKings, there's a you know there's a little bit of a gap there. Ninety three hundred dollars for Christian McCaffrey, and then eighty six hundred dollars for Elliott. Yeah, see so on the DraftKings side, I think it's a no brainer for Elliott, yeah, even though it's a full PPR. I it's, it's still a no brainer for me on that side. So I, I, there's nothing of the Eagles I get excited about. No, there's nothing. There's nothing too. I mean, Jeffrey is, has been shut down. Now he's going to go up against Byron Jones. Just yeah, there's nothing there. And they this is a team that. I, Average 30 points last year. I think 28.4 or something like that. Is yeah, hit that mark once this year. And then I hit that mark at all. All right. If you need more breakdowns of week 14, go hit up Ryan Humphreys over at Nitro DFS. He does all the write-ups for every week over here on the Lion Star app. He does great work. So go again at Nitro DFS and at the Lion Star app. Look for the newsletter from Ryan Humphreys with his week 14 matchups and breakdowns. He does a great job on that side. Chris and I are going to step away. When we come back, we're going to give you our top three picks at each position right here on the pre-snap. The pre-snap podcast is brought to you by LineStar. 
Take your DFS game to a whole new level. Build winning lineups with the best tools on the market. Download now at LineStarApp.com and start winning. All right, let's start with quarterback. Chris, give me your big three that you like this week. Who are your big three plays? So I will roll out Drew Brees this week, and I'm going to go on the other side and have Jameis Winston as well. And yeah, I I think the safe one of the safest plays, you know, and we've been talking about this on All in Sports, is Philip Rivers in cash. Now I think in tournaments he could be limited a bit for this upside if the game gets out of hand. I do like Justin Jackson, but you know Jake brought this up. Only quarterback in the NFL, two passing touchdowns in every single game. He's going to get his. He'll throw a couple touchdowns. I think he's a safe quarterback to roll out. All right. And uh, who's your other two? Well, my other, Breeze, Breeze and Winston. Oh, Breeze I'm sorry, Breeze and Winston. Winston. I'm sorry. Yeah, attack that game. And I think in tournaments, I know we, we kind of poo-pooed Pittsburgh a little bit. I really do feel like Big Ben's going to throw the ball four-plus times in this game. And that's that's, that's possible. A, that's a that's what you kind of want to go after in, in tournaments. A guy who's going to chuck, chuck, chuck. And I think they'll struggle on the ground. All right. I'm going to give you a couple other ones. I'm going to give you Philip Rivers against Cincinnati because I do think they will continue to throw the ball even you know, Melvin Gordon, I still think it's going to a lot of Philip Rivers in this one. He's been very consistent. Uh, Andrew Luck against Houston, going down to that well one more time. And I'm on the Winston bandwagon along with you. Uh, Winston's a guy that, you know, I always worry about the turnovers with him, but I think they got a little confidence after last week, and I think that they will show up. I think he puts up 20 again this week for the third straight week in a row. Uh, Brady's my fade at quarterback for sure. Uh, who's yes. the guy that you do not want a quarterback this week? Yeah, I forgot about the fade. Brady, Brady, I'm definitely fading him. And you know what? I'm going to fade Aaron Rodgers in tournaments. I feel like a lot of people are going to be on him because of the yeah, Everybody loves a narrative. Yeah, I'm not buying in. I think there's some other strong other quarterbacks that you can play with more confidence. All right. Running backs for me. I love paying up for McCaffrey and Elliott. That's the way I want to go. And if I'm not paying up there, it's Justin Jackson. Look, it's Stars and Scrubs week. This is the theme, and there it is. And it allows you to go up. Justin Jackson allows you to have McCaffrey. It allows you to have Elliott. Uh, it allows you to do a lot of those things. You could probably have all three of them if you want and just kind of cheap out at wide receiver. It's possible to do that kind of lineup as well. Uh, as far as fading this week, I'm going to fade Barkley. I don't think he's a hundred percent. And I'm just a little worried about that price and the return on investment with that, uh, with that matchup. I just think it's going to be a messy, ugly game. So we shall see with that. Who's your uh, big three this week. Yeah, I, I'm in agreement with you. I like to be a little bit different, but McCaffrey is how can you how can you go away from him? He's just been so unbelievable, and especially with Cam's shoulder, maybe he gets a, a little bit more play. And just in terms of snaps, it's basically 100 percent, 100 percent last week, 100 percent numerous times this year. He plays every single down, every single snap. So him and Zeke, they're they're strong pay, strong plays. You can spend down and get that discount on Kamara if you want, but. I'm I'm on board with these stars and scrubs, man. Justin Jackson, Jeff Wilson Jr. I'm gonna have a lot of both of those guys, and I'll sprinkle in a little Samuels here and there. But there's an opportunity to spend down at the running back position, at least with two of the three, if you want to chuck one into your flex on DraftKings and Fanduel, and then pay up at the wide receiver position. So that's that's the way I'm gonna go. I'm gonna have a lot of Jackson, a lot of Wilson Jr. I'm gonna stay away from guys like Joe Mixon going to stay away from i'm even going to stay away from austin eckler because i really do think it's going to be a jackson yeah, game too. and yeah barclays is too expensive for me and what we already talked about is a game you want to stay away from a low total and i don't feel like there's gonna be a lot and of who was your fade at running back yeah it's barkley barkley barkley, oh, so barkley, and, mixon. barkley too, barkley and mixon don't like either of them um yeah you you'll probably get a few all right so let's go to the wide receivers here uh, I love Michael Thomas against Tampa. I just think that's a lock. I know it's been quiet, but I think Michael Thomas uh, reminds everybody how good he is. I love Humphreys. 
against New Orleans at home here for Tampa. And I like Cortland Sutton against San Francisco. I think the, you know, sometimes when you take guys away, it doesn't make an automatic positive. But I think in this case, it's enough of a positive where it's a good investment because he's still very cheap. He's only 5,600 on the FanDuel side against San Fran. I think that's a good matchup for him as well. Uh, and the guy that I'm fading this week, I mean, honestly, it's Mike Evans because I think people say, okay, well, I want to get involved in that game, but I'd rather have Humphreys than Evans. I'd rather have Humphreys and Thomas if I'm going to play either side of that ball this week. How about you? Who's your big three in your fade? Yeah, it's Thomas for sure. That high total, got to get him in there. Out of the top wide receivers that, that really stand out to me is Thomas and Devontae Adams. I know Ro- I said to fade Rodgers, but Adams has still been very consistent despite Rodgers' overall struggles. So I think he's still a strong play in, in the tournament. Um, I love both Tampa guys in, in terms of Humphreys. You mentioned him. I think Godwin is a strong play as well. I think Amari Cooper is a strong play. Uh, and the guys that I'm going to fade, like I usually roll out Edelman in cash every single week. I play this guy in cash. I think he's mm-hmm. just really, really safe. I'm going to shy away from that New England passing game this week. I think it's going to be a heavy run attack like Michelle. But uh, Edelman's going to be a fade for me. Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be a fade for me. And Tyree Kill is a fade. So there's three fades for you. I'm not in on Hill. And this Kansas City offense, I'm going to stay away from. All right, Ebron's my favorite tight end of the week. I mean, I'm, I'm making no bones about it. And honestly, the guy I don't want, I know this sounds weird. I just don't want Ertz. I think that, you know, Ebron could put up the same exact stats as Ertz and save me some money. So it's just a no-brainer. Who's your uh, picket tight end and your uh, fade tight end? Yeah, we mentioned Ebron earlier. Have to go Ebron if you want another guy. It's good that we're on the same page. At least, we're, you know, people, when they listen, they go, all right, well, yeah. you know. Yeah. I'll throw out another one just in case. And it's, it's Jared Cook. Don't play him in cash because he's no, very I thought about that too. Those bad games. Yeah. But there's not a lot of passing options there, right? So if Pittsburgh does go in and, and puts up, if they put up 30, 40 points, then they're going to have to pass. And Cook is Cook's somebody that stands out to me. And, and also even cheaper than that, Ian Thomas. I think this is an underrated game in Cleveland with Carolina. Ian Thomas last week, five targets. He had 46 yards earlier in the year without Greg Olson. And Olson's done for the season. He had a game with six targets and a game with five targets. So I think he can get some volume in this passing game. And um, one guy, yeah, I don't, I don't want to spin up at the top for, for Kelsey. I just, again, Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah. On defensive side, um, I do not want to touch the Pittsburgh Steelers. I know it's very tempting. You see Oakland, you see Steelers, you want to touch it. I'm not touching it. It's a very dangerous game. And I love the Buffalo bills. I mentioned them before on the FanDuel side, they're only 4,200. I think that's a nice middle value there. Lots of turnover upside. They're at home. Uh, Jets offense is bad. Uh, I really like uh, I really like Buffalo here, and then Buffalo put a hurting on the Jets last time too. Oh, did they ever? It's hard to get away from the Chargers and the Bills. They're expensive on both sites, but they're they're both strong plays. I, I mentioned the Giants earlier. If you want to spend down, you know Sanchez is always good for a pick or two, and that offense is just struggling. And then you know maybe the Chiefs, maybe the Chiefs do score some points, and Lamar Jackson is forced to throw the football a bit. Uh, and I'm not pretty, I'm not confident in that. Yeah. All right. So there you have it. Those are our big picks and our fades for the week, week 14. Again, check out all the great information on the line star app. They've got all sorts of breakdowns, everything you can look for in terms of matchups, in terms of lineups, in terms of everything. The line star app has got it. So that'll do it for me and Chris Meany this week here on the pre-snap. You can follow us on the Twitter machine at Joe Pizapia 17 and at Chris Meany. There's only one thing left to do. And that's set down win. You've heard from the DFS experts. Now, go lock it in and win. We'll see you back here next week on the Line Star Pre-Snap Podcast with Joe Pizzapia and Chris Meany.
Continue the conversation at linestarapp.com, and we'll see you back here next week.